Okay. So now we are going to do Friday and Shabbos' section of Tanya, which means the entire chapter 6. So where we're holding at this point is that we know that the neshama, the godly soul, is from God's inner dimension, his inner breath, so to speak. But in this body, that breath, that flow of life is constantly flowing to the soul, but could be obstructed by transgressions. And if the sin is severe enough, for which there is courage, excision of the soul, or death by the hand of heaven, the rope through which this breath is flowing from the upper edge of the soul, connected to the final hay of the Yudke Vavke, down to the soul and the body, that rope could get severed and the person should die. But nowadays might not because one could get life from evil, which is what this chapter explains. So the idea that life can only be obtained from godliness is when we were in a higher place, when we were more spiritual, when God dwelled among us with the temple. And at that point, the body could only receive its life through the godly soul. The godly soul is the only spirituality that could vivify the body which means that God's energies coming from the Yudke Vavke, from God's essence name of Havaya, from the lower hay of this Yudke Vavke, that's the upper end of the rope where the soul is tied to, flows this breath of God, God's inner dimension, down to the lower end of the rope, the soul in the body, and through this the body is vivified. And therefore, if that rope was severed, there's no more life flowing to the soul, then then ultimately, shortly thereafter, the person will die. But nowadays, we're not on this level. We fell, and through our fall, we put God in exile as well, which is, which is very inexplicable that we could harm God this way. But we can. The verse says, through your sins, your mother was banished. So that both proves the point and explains the point. It's not just a proof, it's an explanation. The divine presence is my mother. The divine presence, the Shekhinah, Malchus of Atzilus, the lower hay of the Yudke Vavke, is Knesset Yisrael, the source of the Jewish souls. So through my transgression, my mother, the divine presence, Malchus of Atzilus, the lower hay, Knesset Yisrael, is also affected. She's put in Gullah, she's put in exile. So what happens? What happens is nowadays, this energy flowing from the lower hay of the Yudke Vavke is now, in other words, it used to be the energy of the lower hay went directly to vivify creation. But now it's come lower and lower. So now it's enclosed in Klippa, in Klippa Snoiga. So from Kedusha, from godliness, this energy now is trapped in Klippa Snoiga. And this Klippa Snoiga then is transferring this energy to every creation, to all creations, 
including to men, including to the Jew. So if the person sins, he may be receiving his vitality for his body and animal souls, just like every other creation in this world does, from Klippa. In other words, there's a pasuk that says, Nimshal kebehemus mitmu. People are similar to animals. So this will be an animal-like quality, that just as the animal is getting its vivifying energy from the lower hay of God, but as that lower hay has become so minimized and constricted until it's enclosed by klipa, by layers of encasement that block the godly energy, the Jew could be receiving his energy the same way. But actually, the Jew will be receiving a lot more energy than the animals. Why? Because it explained in Zohar that when a Jew sins, the Jew is feeding evil, like the choicest, the richest, the fattest foods, the best foods. Because remember, the rest of creation is constantly being spoken to exist. The soul is being blown existence. So therefore, that, what we call Kabbalistically, Hevel Ha'elio, that breath of God, that is uniquely going to the soul and nothing else in all creation has it, that breath of God is now being trapped, kidnapped by evil, by klipa through the sins. So the Jew is feeding klipa a tremendous delicacy, the choicest portion, and therefore the Jew gets rewarded. The Jew gets paid back. And therefore, the evil will pay back the Jew with all this good, so to speak, good, not meaning good, but all of this life force, all of these positive benefits from evil as a payback to trap the Jew and to keep feeding the evil this energy. And the Rebbe says here something very strong. Man has choice. We didn't used to have choice. In the times of the temple, we didn't have choice. Your only vitality was from godliness. You did the right thing, lived on godly energy. You did the wrong thing, ultimately you died because you didn't have life. Now we have a choice. We have a choice to do the right thing and live with godly energy or do the wrong thing and live being fed by evil, which is an amazing idea. And it's amazing also if we understand what the Rebbe just told us, that nowadays from the lower hay, the energy flows into Klippas Naiga. It seems almost, like paradoxically, it seems strange. We still could receive our energy from godliness. Isn't all energy going through Klippas Naiga? That's what the Atarebbe just said. From the lower hay, the energy gets trapped and encased and constricted within Klippas Naiga. So how could I ever get my energy from godliness? How do I have that choice? When a Jew does the right thing, when the Jew is choosing to live a godly life and his action, speech, and thought are godly, that energy, which is within Klippas Naiga, the Klippas Naiga now becomes absorbed in Kedusha. The Klippas Naiga now is elevated because, of course, Klippas Naiga, Naiga can go in either direction, up or down. So this Klippas Naiga energy field is now going into Kedusha, so the person actually Amazingly enough, even though all the energy is trapped by Klippas Naiga, we can subsume that Klippas Naiga in godliness, and we could truly now have all our energy from godliness, from Kedusha. But, of course, if we go in the other direction and we make other choices, we're going to go much lower than Klippas Naiga. 
we're going to go to absolute evil. In other words, the Jew is really above or below all of the rest of creation, basically. Because we're saying that the energy of the lower hay, the energy of Malchus Vatsilas, which vivifies creation, is now entrapped in Klippus Naiga. So the grass and the flowers and your cell phone and the wall and the blanket, the books, it's all Klippus Naiga. But the Jew, if he's choosing to live a godly existence, the Klippus Naiga vivifying energy becomes elevated and stripped away. The Klippa becomes only part of Kedusha, and he, he's living from Kedusha. Conversely, if he makes the wrong choices, it doesn't say Klippus Naiga energy. It gets lower, and it becomes what he's really getting fed by is Klippus Tineus. Because again, Klippus Naiga can go either way. It could truly be elevated to become part of Kedusha, the Jew who's making the godly choices, it can truly go down to be part of Klebus Timaeus, to be part of evil, the Jew who's making the evil choices. That's Friday's time. You're continuing for Shabbos. So now the Rebbe goes back to the analogy that we used last chapter, but in a slightly different way. The same verse, Yaakov Chavon Achalaso. Yaakov is a rope of his inheritance. If you remember last chapter, we spoke about this rope and we said the upper edge of the rope is a soul above tied to the lower hay, that final hay of God's name, and the bottom of the rope is a soul as it's in, in the body, and the breath of God is like traversing that rope to feed you. But now the Rebbe taking the same analogy and going further with it says, well, when you pull on the rope, if you're pulling on the lower end, the upper end is going to follow. So Last chapter, we were only viewing it that the lowest edge was the soul in the body. Now we're understanding the soul could be in the body of the Jew making choices to live the klipa. So that Jew's body and animal soul are now receiving their energy from klipa tomatoes, which means the godly soul, the lower end of the rope, is being pulled down into klipa tomatoes, into absolute evil by the body and animal soul encasing it which means that the upper end of the rope, the lower hay of the Yudke Vavke, Machon Vatsilas, is also getting pulled down. So the soul and the body, the lower end of the rope, is getting pulled down by the transgressions of man, as man is descending into absolute evil, Klippus Timaeus, and the lower hay of God's name, the upper end of the rope, is getting pulled down as well. And this, the Rebbe doesn't go more into this idea. The Rebbe says this is enough for us to understand. But based on this, we actually understand why it says that the wicked can have tranquility, right? The famous saying of our sages, it's not in our hands to understand why the wicked have such a tranquil life and why the righteous suffer. So now we understand why the wicked have this tranquil life in the beginning because when they begin to sin, as we said earlier in this chapter, they're going to get big payback from evil because they're feeding evil so much. Of course, evil stops paying them back because evil is disloyal in essence and false in essence and, like, corrupt in essence. So even though the Jew continues to feed the klipa, the evil, all these choices foods, once a Klippa knows he got him, 
once he's sucked in to an evil life, the Klippa stops paying him back. Like, why waste my energy? Why should I pay back this Jew? I already caught him in the trap. So the evil is not going to be faithful and loyal and keep paying him back. But initially, it could seem that the evil have this tranquil life because they're messing up and they're actually getting paid back for it. But the Rebbe says, if we look at the saying of our sages, it's very precise. It is not in our hands, the tranquility of the evil. Meaning, the Rebbe is saying, in our hands, meaning now. Now, in our time, after the destruction of the temple, the wicked are receiving this added vitality through evil, through klipas and sitra achra. Now we have the exile of the divine presence. Now God's extra special life could be placed, could be usurped, could be kidnapped and sucked in by evil that he despises. But it's only now. And what's going to happen is the sinner is going to do truly. He's going to repent. And when he repents, he pulls back all that life force that he pulled down into evil through all of the evil of his actions and thought and speech. He pulls it away and he restores the Shekhinah to a proper place. This is the restoration of the hay. We did all this to understand this concept. Right? The Zayhar said, a lower tshuva, tshuva, tata, is restoring the lower hay of God's name. So now we understand how we slept down, how we pulled into evil that lower hay because it's the upper end of the rope and tied to our soul and the body, the lower end of the rope, and our sins pulled that soul, the lower end of the rope, and therefore following it, the upper end of the rope, into evil. And when you do your tshuva, when you repent completely, it gets pulled out completely, gets restored. So the lower hay goes back to its proper place. It's out of exile. instead of the exile caused by our transgressions. As it says that when Mashiach comes, it says, God will return back with your captives. Meaning, not only is he bringing us out of exile, but he's bringing himself out of exile. So usually we use that verse to mean by Mashiach when we have the redemption of the divine presence. But the Rebbe is applying it also very personally. When each one of us repent, when we extricate ourselves from our own personal spiritual exile, we liberate God as well. We liberate the Shekhinah. We liberate the up, the lower hay, the upper end of my rope, connecting my soul to that part of my soul above. We liberate her from the exile we imposed on her through our sins, and she's restored. God is brought back with the captives. Good job,